for September 27th, 2018. It's the Lullabot Podcast. It's the Lullabot Podcast, episode 228. I'm Matt Cleave, Senior Developer at Lullabot. With me, as always, host of the show, Senior Friend and Developer, Mike Herschel. Hey, Mike. Hi, Matt. Hey, let's dive right in today. So we're talking DrupalCon. Yeah, yeah, there's uh, some changes with DrupalCon uh, within the next couple of years, and we have the correct person to talk to about that today. Funny how that works. Hey, yep. hey we're, we're, we're bringing back a, uh, an old friend from episode 183. Ooh, good research. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I just I just Googled that real fast. I don't remember these things. I was going to say, I'm impressed. <laughs> With us, we have Amanda Gonzer, who is a senior events manager at the Drupal Association. You're out of Portland, Oregon. Is that right? Yeah, we're a remote team, but I live and work out of my house in Portland, Oregon. Sounds awesome. So uh, let's get started. What is your role at the DA and planning DrupalCons? How long have you been doing it, et cetera, et cetera? Sure. I started at the DA um, almost four years ago. It was just my four-year Drupalversary, but I actually set up my D.O. account for um, researching for doing the interview um, because mm-hmm. I was part of the community before. Um, so I've been there about four years, and my roles changed quite a bit in the time that I've been there. I, I just sort of came on as DrupalCon coordinator, and then I moved to, to working with a lot of volunteers on programming with the track team and summit leads and people that run trainings and sprints. And now, um, after Nashville, my role transitioned into the events manager. So now I lead the DrupalCon team um, and future DrupalCon events will now fall under my purview. Right on. And just so everybody's on the same page, our next uh, DrupalCon we're talking about is uh, up in your neck of the woods in the Pacific Northwest, right? It is. I'm so excited. And every day I put out into the universe that it's going to be sunny because from what I hear, DrupalCon, <laughs> although I wasn't in attendance, was the rainiest DrupalCon. So I'm hoping that Seattle, where we are in 2019, is a bit nicer weather. What time of year is that? Is it going to be when? April. So it's really hit or miss. But again, I put out into the universe. I ask every day for a sunny DrupalCon. Well, I think that's that's generally what happens at DrupalCon, right? We, we always mm-hmm. pick wonderful locations at strange times of the year. I remember being very cold in Chicago and very hot in Austin. So I suppose rain, you know, in Seattle would be normal, right? I mean, but nobody can top Nashville where it was snowing when we arrived and about 70 degrees when we left. So. And cor- correct me if I'm wrong, at uh, DrupalCon Los Angeles, it rained. Yeah. It rained a little bit in general. Yeah, yeah, but still, that's a lot for Los Angeles, right? <laughs> so maybe in Seattle, we'll do the opposite, and it'll be very sunny. Yeah, let's hope so. And so we have you on today because uh, it's you know there's been some talk about some changes to DrupalCon, and we just kind of want to get your your perspective and some clarifications, and you know yeah. learn a little bit about that. For sure, happy to talk about it. So uh, first up, let's talk about uh, different tracks. Uh, there's, I guess, a builder track now. Um, t- t- tell us how the track format is changing and maybe compare and contrast it with the previous years. Sure. Um, the new structure is a lot of change. I will agree. Um, but at the same time, we, we've worked here at the DA really hard to ensure that the core of the event, which is essentially what DrupalCon has always been, um, doesn't change too much that it's hard to process or that it really changes the experience because people that have been coming to DrupalCon for years, we want to make sure that they're still really getting what they want out of it and it's being improved. So um, just for context, in my time at the DA, we've done two DrupalCons a year, sometimes three, and we had a really small team and that's a lot 
to ask to execute each year. Um, even though we're event pros, that's still a lot on our plate. So normally between cons, we try and make improvements, but <clears throat> we were so strapped for time, it was really hard. Like normally we'd be planning DrupalCon Europe before we even finish with DrupalCon North America. And so once the North American con ended, we'd have a week of breath and then we'd jump right into the European conference. And so this year, because we did not plan DrupalCon um, in Europe, we were able to really step back and kind of take a big picture view of what's happening in Drupal, what's happening in the market, what's happening in our community, and process a lot of the feedback that we've been getting for the past few years um, and try and take that and put it into a new format that better serves the community. So um, we get feedback in a lot of ways that can be evals from speakers, we get them from our surveys, we get a lot of just random feedback through the customer service portal, we have conversations with people at DrupalCon, around DrupalCon, um, and people on the track teams and summit leads, they're also constantly telling us what what's going on in the community, what are people thinking, what do people want. So. Um, that's kind of where we were when we finished with Nashville. And so we stepped back and said like, well, what's a way that we can make this conference better? And when you kind of look at it, the community has been served um, by DrupalCon since it started, but the community is also changing. So when DrupalCon started, it was primarily for I'll just say developers. It was people who were making Drupal, who were building Drupal. There's the word build. So that's where the builder part is going to come in in a minute. Um, so it was for people who were making Drupal. And then it grew. And people who are selling Drupal, Drupal agencies, Drupal shops, they started coming. So then content got added for them. And then people who are picking Drupal for the organizations, their CTOs, they started coming. Um, and end users started coming, people who manage a Drupal site at their organization. So all these people have very different needs. They have very different requests for content. And we had, because we were doing the like rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, we'd sort of Frankensteined it to a sense that we, we kept adding on content, um, but all these different audiences really want different experiences. And while there, there is a lot of importance in the like cross, not cross-contamination, that's not the word I want to say, um, cross-pollination, um, it's really important that people connect, but also that they get what they're going there for. So, so when we looked at making a new and improved DrupalCon, we wanted to make sure that each experience was targeted to the person who's attending it. So the builder track, as it will now be known, essentially DrupalCon Classic, um, is almost the same DrupalCon. It's the same people that are going. It's the same content. Um, it's laid out a bit differently, but it's essentially the same DrupalCon. On top of that, and kind of four conferences in one, we have three other tracks now. So we'll have an agency leadership track. And this is an audience that we used to serve with a business summit and then some business sessions. And then they sort of self-organized dinners and things. And, and we definitely heard a need from them that they want a more high quality focused um, conference. And so they're getting their whole own mini conference. And then two audiences that we haven't really been serving much with content are the executives who are from customers. That's the Johnson and Johnson's, the Pfizer's. And these are people that are 
coming to DrupalCon, but there's really not a lot of content for them. We've kind of tried to add in case studies here and there that would appeal to someone like that, um, but we haven't had a lot of focused content. And they're an important part of the community. They're influencing whole organizations to adopt Drupal or to keep Drupal. So we wanna make sure that they have content. So now we'll have an executive summit, um, so essentially a track for that group. And then last but not least are people that are end users, people that maybe don't even know that they're using Drupal, but are managing a Drupal site at an organization, at a customer, and it's their job to use a Drupal site to achieve their organization's goals. So the feedback we'd gotten from the people that had been coming was that the content related to the topics they were interested in, UX, content strategy, um, content editing, was very technical because it's definitely geared towards our builders, the people that are making Drupal sites. And so we'll have a more marketing, customer journey, MarTech sort of track for that group. So, so that's kind of what it looks like. And it's because really the community is much larger than this, those who are building the software. It's the people that are using it, the people that are selling it, the people that are adopting it. So we wanted to make sure that this is the largest Drupal event in the world, which sounds dramatic, but it's true. And so we want to make sure that all of those audiences are served under one roof. And in this case, it's the Washington State Convention Center. Okay. Um, so how is the spread of sessions? Like, is, is the builder track going to going to comprise the majority of the sessions? Are, they, are the session, uh, is the quantity of sessions going to be spread equally among the multiple tracks? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so sessions, as I mentioned, the builder track is still like the bulk of DrupalCon. Um, I posted a blog a couple days ago or maybe last week, and I'm happy to, to pass it along to, to post here with the podcast that kind of visually shows how the building will be split up into different tracks. And the builder track takes over an entire level of the Washington Convention Center. It'll have the regular mini, mini sessions, probably over 125 to 150, just like normal. It'll also have the boffs, it'll have the labs, the hands-on labs. Um, so that's where the majority of attendees will be going, especially people who have attended in the past. In general, they'll probably attend this track. We still anticipate about 3,000 people in this track. So the majority of the content and the programming will be here. For the agency track, um, that'll be more about like 50 to 75 and they'll have one or kind of two track um, program. And then the content and digital marketing track will also be about 60 to 75 people. So again, a much smaller in scope. They're much smaller audiences for us. And we want to give them content, but we definitely don't want to detract from the content that we've served the builders with. Uh, how how siloed are these different tracks? Um, I, I guess I'm taking it from the perspective of if I'm a CTO and I might want to learn about all of your great CTO sessions that are going to be there. But maybe there's a core conversation about where Drupal is going in the future that I kind of want to get my ear on as well. I'm, I'm a technical guy. Can I, can I go see that too? Yeah, there's a bit of flexibility in the way that the tracks are set up. Um, the content and digital marketing uh, will be happening. It's just a one-day track. It's happening on Wednesday. And then we're inviting those attendees to actually join the sessions that are happening in the Builder Track because we recognize that there's a lot of cross-pollination that could really be beneficial. We can have roundtables. We can have discussions. It'd be amazing for someone who's using a Drupal site to meet someone who um, maybe created the distribution that they're using. Um, we really want to make sure that those kind of connections are still made at DrupalCon. And so there is a bit of flexibility between the tracks, but primarily 
Ali, uh, consider it that the agency leadership, the content and digital marketing, and the executive summit are three new conferences that have been added to DrupalCon. So the people that have been coming to DrupalCon won't necessarily go to those sessions, but will work to have people that are in the new conferences that haven't really been included before slowly kind of work into our existing community. So to clarify that, uh, the builder track, we're, we don't go to the other sessions. Is or, or, are, are we not going, or are we not allowed to go, or and is it? But but they are allowed to go, and I, I know that kind of sounds weird, but I figure I would just clarify. That's a good question. I'll I'll clarify. If you buy a builder track ticket, which is the regular DrupalCon that you know, you will stay in the builder track. If you okay. buy content and digital marketing, you will do the ticket that is Wednesday and you're invited to come on Thursday, but it's a very different kind of conference. They're, the content and digital marketing will be very marketing focused, very customer journey, very MarTech. And so people that would like to stay and collaborate and meet people from the community, they'll have the opportunity to come to the builder track. Same with the agency and leadership it's going to be pretty focused and they won't intermix too much in their track. But the way that we wanna bring people together is not really through sessions so much as the exhibit hall and the keynotes and the social events and the sprints. And so everyone is invited to all of those things. Same with the boffs. Um, we wanna make sure that we offer spaces for people to collaborate. But in general, if you buy a ticket to a track, you will stay in that track for those sessions. Okay. So um, my understanding is on the builder track, when you uh, create your session, you're able to tag your session with like front end JavaScript, yes. PHP, et cetera, correct? Yes, that is new and something um, that the track team has been talking about for quite some time. Um, we find that it's, it's hard now because of the use of the word track. So uh, <laughs> I'll try and explain it. But we used to have, as you know, in DrupalCon, we would have the front-end track, the back-end track, the PHP track, um, the being human track. And these were great, and they had amazing sessions in them, but it was really siloing off the content. And so if there was a stellar session in the front-end development track, if I didn't consider myself maybe part of front-end development, I may have missed it when it could have been really beneficial for me. So, so we uh, started talking about making tags, which is what the the sessions are now organized in in the builder track. And I think that there's something like 37 tags. And so a session can be up to three tags and it can kind of have different subject areas. So you can go to a session that like, like you mentioned, maybe it's a session that's about JavaScript and front-end development, and maybe it also includes data. And so someone who's interested in any one of those three things would know that maybe this is a session that is interests me. Okay. So uh, let's move on to the uh, overall format of the con. Um, in previous years, uh, Mondays would kind of be a summit day, maybe a code sprint day. You would, you would have then Monday through Thursday would be three days of sessions. Fridays would be a contribution sprint day. Um, that's changing. It is changing a bit. Um, so when I started for context, my first DrupalCon was Los Angeles. And on Monday there, there were sprints and there was a business summit, there was a community summit, and the first ever higher ed summit that apparently was at DrupalCon. Um, 
Summits, though, are really popular and people are very excited about them. I consistently get feedback that it was so nice to meet the other me at a different university or a different government agency. So people are really valuing the summits and the kind of one day, one topic um, mini conferences, essentially, is what they are. And so they've grown. We we had quite a few in Nashville, um, and, they, and they're all very full. And we continue to get asked for more summits. People really like these specific vertical topics. Um, and so we've added quite a few more, but also recognize that verticals are fantastic, but also people want to talk about horizontal topics like decoupled Drupal, which was a, a summit in Nashville. So we've added some other topics that are more horizontal. And so now, I mean, gosh, we're at something like 12 summits. So we have a lot of content going on. We'll offer, we'll also still offering the trainings. And so that's just way too much to have to choose from on just Monday. And before we even started adding them, people were consistently saying, I hate that I have to choose between a training or a summit. And when we see when people register, we say like, what's the, the main reason that you're coming to DrupalCon? And consistently it is to network and for education. And so we got a lot of feedback that people didn't like that they had to pick between those on Monday. They wanted education and networking. So they wanted a training and a summit. And so the way that we looked at doing that was that people want more of both. And so we've split now Monday into Monday and Tuesday, and we've consolidated Wednesday, Thursday, or oops, sorry, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday into Wednesday and Thursday. It seems a little different, but it's not actually much less session time. Um, if you remember, Tuesday started off with a dirty snow and then had sessions. Wednesday had some keynotes and some sessions, and Thursday had a keynote, some sessions, and the closing session. So, what we've done is we've just gotten rid of one of those keynotes. Thursday longer, so it's a full day, um, and we'll end the day with keynotes. So now Wednesday, we'll have a keynote and then sessions. Thursday, we'll have sessions and end with a keynote and closing session. And when we kind of look at the time and hours, be them sessions, be that in the exhibit hall, be that the hours at the sprint um, contribution lounge is open, it's really not like we're losing that much time. It's just structured differently. I like what you're talking about with the summits. I guess it's not something that I had ever considered before because I've never been a summit goer. Um, but, you know, giving those folks the opportunity to to see the summit and then maybe attend the Drupal training that they want to see, that's, yeah. that's that's a great opportunity. Well, thanks. I'm glad that it makes sense to you and you like it. Maybe we'll catch you in a summit this year. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, 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 as, as a builder, what kind of summit would I go to? Gosh, there's so many. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure there's a performance and scalability summit. There's probably some other type of summits. There's a security summit, a decoupled summit. Um, if you're interested in more of a vertical, you could go to the nonprofit summit. I heard there's a farming summit, Matt no, there's not. <laughs> I mean, I put it in the feedback. I read all that feedback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Summits still cost money, though. I'm, 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 prior prior to this year, they, they there was a couple hundred dollars, I believe, to to attend a summit. Is is that changing? Nope, that is the same. The summits, uh, I believe, they are about the same price. I know the community summit is always. Uh, well, it used to be free, but we had a lot of problems of lots of people signing up and then the summit would sell out, quote unquote, uh, mm -hmm. and then they wouldn't show up. So now we charge a, um, a $10 fee. And if that's uh, not possible for someone, we definitely 
ask that they reach out and we will sign them up. Um, but that's the summit that is the most low cost, but the rest of them are more or less the same price and the same with the trainings. So are summits going to be Monday and Tuesday? Like if I have a community summit, is that just a one day summit? And then I can go to a different summit on Tuesday or are there are two day summits. Nope, there are no two day summits. And that's a good question because it could be confusing. Everything on Monday and Tuesday is a one day program. So you can go to two things. And there are trainings both on Monday and Tuesday. Is that correct? Yes. Cool. And the way that it's laid out, um, and this is a little content program matrixy, the idea would be that they're not super conflicting and you could maybe go to a training and then participate on a summit to use that networking with something that you just learned, or you could do a training and then build on it with a more advanced training the next day. The idea is that it is complementary content. There's also some changes uh, within the sessions themselves. In previous years, sessions were what, like 45 or 50 minutes long? Is that correct? 60 minutes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what's the, what about this year? Yeah, so this year we have two session options. We have 30 minutes and we have like 90 minutes, which is more like a hands-on lab. So those aren't even exactly this, the word session maybe is a little different. It's more of a hands-on like mini training. Um, but the feedback that we've been getting for a couple of years with the 60-minute sessions is that a lot of time is spent in the beginning um, explaining the background of the topic that's going to be talked about and then kind of getting into what they're going to talk about talking about it and then finishing about 15 minutes early for Q&A and that really the meat of the session uh, what the topic is about is only about like 25 to 30 minutes and, and definitely there are sessions that that uh, don't do this but a lot of feedback that we got is that a lot of them were and it would be better if the sessions were shorter so they would be more to the point and if you wanted to hear a session about a specific topic you would get all of the 30 minutes about that one topic it wouldn't be as long and drawn out as they have been in the past so we've changed the majority of the sessions to be 30 minutes um close to what we used to have as the 25 minute sessions at DrupalCon and we got a lot of good feedback about those sessions and they're because they're shorter, they're they're really engaging and people are right to the point and definitely passionate about what they're talking about. Um, so, so the majority of our sessions are now 30 minutes. I like it. Now, is is there going to be a, like any breakdown between like how many 30-minute sessions are accepted versus 90-minute sessions? And if I want to submit a talk, how do I – I mean, there's just an option for me of how long of a talk I want to give? Like how does that work? You will um, – when we started offering multiple times for sessions, the first time that we did it, we said uh, – back then it was, I believe, 60 minutes, 25 minutes, and we also had an option that said full. And the track team found that that was just really challenging because, well, shoot, if we pick your session for 25 minutes, what are you going to cut from your 60-minute session? Um, so, so what we've done now is in the call for papers, you can submit it as a 30-minute session. And if you also want to submit it as a 90-minute session, that's a drastically different session. So you'll submit another call for paper submission because you would have to explain the session differently because it's a whole extra hour of content. Do you feel that uh, limiting uh, a session to 30 minutes might cut that Q&A time that could be useful to somebody? Uh, it could. It definitely could. And I know a lot of Q&As get 
get turned into puffs. A lot of people, there's a lot of um, open space in the Washington State Convention Center in Seattle. I think that a lot of these conversations can be can be moved to the hall. Um, there are a, a good chunk of speakers that don't even want to have Q&As as well. And it's not something that we require, um, but a lot of times, and I'm not sure if you've been in sessions where the speaker just runs out of things to talk about at 40 minutes, and so the session just ends early. Um, so if you want to have Q&A, that's definitely something that we can prearrange, and you people have reserved buffs before. Um, we also have longer time in between the sessions um, to, to make sure as you run around the convention center that you're able to get to the sessions that you want. Um, but if, I mean, don't, don't tell me that I said this in a couple months, but if you go over a few minutes, maybe I won't be there right away to, to cut your session off. <laughs> All right. So that's going to be the sound clip that we share on social media there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but back to your question about um, how many of each, um, that's something that uh, I'll probably leave to the now no longer called track team because they're called the tag team. You're welcome. Tag each other in. Are we are yeah. we talking WWE or are we talking nineties <laughs> rap or? I mean, we... it's up to you. It's it's whatever you desire. Okay. <laughs> but I think it can no, be both. I think a lot of it will come down to what is submitted. Um, always the the program team looks to pick the content that's best for the community. They're community members serving the community by putting together the the programming. And so if a ton of 90 minute sessions come in and they say like, we cannot do without these, then, then maybe we convert what would be a regular session room into a hands-on lab room. Um, or if we, if we barely get any 90 minute sessions, then, then maybe instead of having multiple lab rooms, maybe we, we cut it down and we have more, sessions that are 30 minutes. So um, that's not something that we have like a quota to fill, um, but but we'll kind of see what, what gets submitted. So that's more up to you all. Let's get into the more contentious uh, part of the sure. podcast and, and maybe talk about price increases. Um, in the past, you know, DrupalCon has been maybe neighborhood of like, what, $450. And yeah. then it's been, in, it's, it's been steadily increasing over the past couple of years. And of course there's like early bird prices and stuff like that. Now this year there's a pretty decent sized price increase. Yeah. There's a lot of change around pricing. Um, I'm curious where you see that it's increased in the past few years, because the last price change that happened was before my time and it was in DrupalCon Austin. I don't have it in front of me, but I, I was under the impression it was going up maybe like $100 a year or something like that. I, you, you know, like honestly, that might have been when I noticed it as Austin. But Yeah, I think that the last price change, um, because in the time I've been here, which has been since Los Angeles. There you would definitely been. know more than me on this. So <laughs> I'll definitely, yeah. I get a trivia question. <laughs> it can be the one that I answer that night. Um, <laughs> But, but pricing really hasn't changed since DrupalCon Austin. Um, and when we take a look at what the attendees have been asking for, and we've been spending these years where we haven't had time to, to re, reimagine the conference, people are asking for higher quality sessions, more um, speakers from different projects, from different organizations, um, more off the island speakers, more grants and scholarships, um, all day coffee. They want, they've been asking for a lot of things and, and I totally agree that these are valid things to ask for and things that should be a DrupalCon, but of course it costs money. And I'm really happy to say that our team is, is small, but mighty and very scrappy. Um, and we're, we're 
we try our best to be great stewards of the budget and invest money in things that will bring value to the community. Um, so when we looked at reimagining the whole conference, we also kind of gave ourselves permission to say like, well, in order to do this, we're going to have to make some changes. Um, and, and the DA has been going through a lot of changes through the past years um, from the layoff and um, lots of around the executive director and now even with Megan leaving more change there so so we're going through a lot of changes and in, in the process we're becoming a much more professional nonprofit organization and so when we started looking at ticket pricing we kind of wanted to make sure that we are benchmarking ourselves and seeing what other nonprofit tech associations are doing and a lot of them um, if you look at our conference versus others Jirupukan is still really low priced in, in looking at other tech conferences. And when you look at other nonprofit organizations, for example, N10, um, a lot of nonprofits provide pricing for people that are members or non-members. And this this is across conferences just in general, but it's seen a lot for, for nonprofits. And so when we started looking at ways that we can make the changes that we want to make, serve all the communities that we want to serve um, and do it within budget, we looked at, at changing the price. And so um, when you look at the pricing now, you have supporters, which are supporting partners of the Drupal Association and non-supporters. Um, and this enables us to, to really support organizations who are, as Dries mentioned in the, the Dries note in Europe, many who are funding contributors um, to really make a big impact and send more of their staff. They're getting a discounted rate at this point. Um, so it's not really, I know it's it's a big shock for our community, but it's not really that uncommon to see this kind of pricing structure. And so what used to be early bird pricing, $450, is now not so much different than what the pricing is now if you are a supporting partner. Now, a supporting partner, that's the, like when you say supporting partner, you're talking about an organization like Lullabot that that sponsors the DA, correct? Yes. And that not okay. and I want to just make sure it's not sponsors DrupalCon. It's um, a whole program of supporting partners. Now, is a supporting partner like like if I have a membership to the Drupal Association, but I'm also, you know, an independent contractor that that is not included, correct? It does not. I, I mean, our memberships start as low as I believe something like fifteen dollars. So yeah. um, it's it's a very different um, commitment than say an organization. And that's not to say that a freelancer that that's a, a small commitment. That can be an amazing commitment, especially with such a diverse audience that we have. And so um, we recognize that that is something that people are going to feel a financial stress on. But of course, you try and plan the conference for the majority of the people. And then for these sort of cases where people do need extra support, that's where we took the money. It's not like we've raised prices and we're like gonna do our next staff retreat on a yacht or anything. Like we're taking the money and reinvesting it in DrupalCon. So we've increased our grants and scholarships. We've also increased the money that we're putting towards um, our inclusion fund, which brings underrepresented speakers on stage. Mm -hmm. we taking the money and putting it back into the conference. Um, so for people who it is a challenge to make this new price, I highly encourage them to apply for a grant or scholarship. It's, it's such an easy process. Yeah. So, so the argument could be made that by having the supporter, like the, um, the, the partners um, have a lower price, 
with people like Lullaby, those are the people with jobs that could support the higher price as mm -hmm. opposed to like, say, you know, when I was at my uh, previous job that, you know, I worked for kind of a, a nonprofit association that was not, you know, a supporting partner of the, of the Drupal Association. And at that point, I, we did not have the money, you know, we did not have a lot of money. And part of the reason that I was able to attend DrupalCon is was, it, because it was, you know, $450 or, or however much. And, you know, I, I think one of the big concerns between me and a lot of other people is mm -hmm. that because the price has gone from looking at DrupalCon Nashville, the early bird price was 450 yeah. and the early bird for the, for Drupal, for Seattle mm -hmm. is $795. So that's for non supporters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For non supporters. And that would potentially price a lot of people out. It could, know, but I, I guess I'm curious. Um, so, a very comparable conference would be N10, which is a nonprofit tech conference. And their starting price for members is $599 and non-members $899. So I, I don't really know if our event is really pricing people out. I think that we're still a better price than comparable conferences. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if once a person applies for a grant or a scholarship, say they get a free ticket, um, I feel like that's that's definitely an option that's available for yeah. them. Um, I'm not sure if, if that's something that when you promote the podcast, you can encourage people to apply for, but we, we mm -hmm. put more money there specifically because we changed the price and we recognize that while this works for a good amount of our community, there are people that are gonna need more funds and we're willing to make sure that they get there. We would just ask that they please apply. Mike, I, 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 I agree what you're saying. And, and I also, I'm, I'm picking up what Amanda is saying. Um, I like um, the, the, the comparison that you're making. I, I went to a, a, when I was at a previous nonprofit using Drupal, I went to another mm -hmm. nonprofit um, tech conference that was um, a for-profit organization, you know, who sells nonprofit software. And I, I went mm -hmm. to see what their registration was this year. Um, 875 to $1,225, depending on how early you register. Con yeah. Conferences aren't cheap. I'm I'm looking, you know, just like like while you're talking, I'm doing a little bit of googling, and and I'm seeing like the Laracon price is four twenty five. Yeah. Word WordCamp, which is like ridiculously cheap, is only forty dollars, but that's just because they have a whole bunch of money in their ecosystem. You know? Yeah, their their conference model is set up very different than ours, and yeah. they have a for profit behind them, and and we yeah, definitely, no. like I mentioned, we, our next trip isn't on a yacht. Like we are reinvesting <laughs> this money. So I, I, like like I completely understand. Like I trust the DA. I know that the DA is you know, nonprofit and everyone there engages with the community, does a great job. I, d I don't think anyone's, you know, disputing that and no one's, no one's accusing the DA, DA of, you know, wasting money or, or anything like yeah. that. But, but the question is, is, and I, and I guess we're just not going to know in, until, until Seattle happens, is that going to negatively um, affect the attendance? And, um, and, and of course, we hope not, and I hope not too. Me too. Um, the, uh, a follow-up question to that is, you know, if it does negatively affect attendance, is it is it possible? Like, is that something that would be revisited going into Minneapolis or anything like that? Or yeah, I mean, I'll say that any change, like you can't be a hundred percent sure yeah. how it's going to play out. We we're definitely watching it. 
we're definitely trying to get the word out more um, to underrepresented groups that may need a grant or scholarship or could apply for the inclusion fund when they submit their call for papers. We're trying to get the word out about the grants and scholarships program, making sure that people know about it, that there's more money that you should really apply. Like we're doing the best that we can to get the, the word out and appreciate um, you having me on the podcast so I can I can help spread that message mm -hmm. even further. Um, but definitely, I mean, as we do with every con, especially now that we have a we're not having to personally plan DrupalCon Europe. We have a lot more time on our plate to be more strategic. And if if something needs to be changed or we need to pivot on something, we're we're totally going to look at this conference once it happens and see where can we improve, where can we move levers, where can we make changes. I mean, that's that's mm -hmm. definitely something that we are one hundred percent committed to. Now, um, as far as applying for for grants and scholarships, mm -hmm. do you have to have like a special? I, I mean, it, is that open to absolutely everyone? Yeah. And what is? Can I like? I'm I'm looking at me, you know, six years ago, and I I wasn't you know contributing back to Drupal. I wasn't. I, I didn't have any type of underrepresented status or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Is that something I could still apply for? Yeah, um, just to be super clear, um, anyone can apply for a grant and a scholarship. The The word underrepresented, I, I bring it up because on our call for papers, we have a optional um, question for you to self-select if you identify with one or more of the underrepresented groups because we want to make sure we're doing our best to make sure that our speaker lineup represents our, our audience. And so that's an optional question on the call for papers. Mm -hmm. um, and if you do select something there and you get a session, you can elect to have part of the inclusion fund pay for you to be able to speak at our conference. Um, so, so just that clarification, gotcha. but yeah, anyone can apply for a grant and scholarship. Um, What's the process? New, uh, there's on um, the website, they're under the community header. It'll say grants and scholarship, and it is just a web form that is really quick and easy to fill out. Um, the questions kind of revolve around like, why is it important for you to have the scholarship? Like, what would be the impact if you were to come to DrupalCon? Um, and so there are grants that go towards people that it's important that they're, oops, it's important that they're there to move the project forward. So these can be contributors who maybe someone from, from Europe that really should be in the room having these conversations, but, but maybe like you ex explained, like maybe they're a freelancer, maybe they've already used their conference funds and their company can't send them. So they would apply for a grant and then there's the scholarships. And this is all the same web form and you can just pick between the two. Um, these are people that are doing something with Drupal in their community. They want to do something more with Drupal. They want to get involved. Um, so there are kind of two different tiers in there. and and. In the process, you can ask for just a ticket. So if the ticket price is cost prohibitive to you now, you could ask for just a ticket. There are also people that are asking for travel funds. So so that covers like their, their travel and their lodging while they're at DrupalCon. So there's different levels of what you can ask for and, and what you could receive. We're talking with Amanda Gonzer from the Drupal Association about DrupalCon Seattle and beyond and the changes that are happening to DrupalCon. Um, we'll talk a little bit about DrupalCon Europe, something that you'd kind of nodded to before, yeah. and uh, some other changes and perhaps some questions that Mike asked out on Twitter coming up right after this. Whether you're learning how to build sites with Drupal or diving into the code, there are community-powered camps, summits, sprints, and trainings happening all over the world. Find all of these and more at DrupalCal.com. And of course, if you want to boost your Drupal chops from the comfort of your own home, 
Point your browser to DrupalEyes.me and stuff your brain full of carefully crafted videos and tutorials. Welcome back. We're talking with Amanda Gonzer with the Drupal Association, and we're talking about DrupalCons. Hey, so, in our last podcast, we talked about Drupal Europe, right, Mike? Yep, yep. We did talk about and Drupal Europe. we talked Europe. about how it wasn't DrupalCon Europe. Yeah, but there is going to be a DrupalCon, correct? There is. It'll be in Amsterdam in 2019. And there's some changes coming, correct? There are, but I'm not sure how much people would notice if you're attending the conference versus if you attended Drupal Europe or last year you attended DrupalCon Vienna. Okay. So uh, uh, let's talk all about the changes. My understanding is that there's going to be a different group organizing it. Yeah, so DrupalCon Europe... um, is going to now be organized by an organization called Clony Events. They're a professional event management company. Um, They attended DrupalCon Nashville to see what a DrupalCon is like. They were also very present and able to talk with people at Drupal Europe, so people might have already met them. But they're an event company that is working in coordination with the Drupal Association, and they will have a license to run DrupalCon Europe. Um, So... For some context, DrupalCon Europe has been going on for quite some time, before my time, um, but it's always been a break-even kind of event. So um, the way things are structured in Europe are a bit differently than how they're structured in North America for convention centers and hotels and things like that. And so we were doing the best that we could with a small team that we had, um, but always just breaking even. But it's really important to serve the European community I know there are a ton of contributors over there. There are a huge ecosystem of Drupal shops and businesses and organizations that are using Drupal. So it's really important that that community has a conference and a place where they can all come together in a melting pot. But it was just when we were starting to to really look at how it was looking financially, it wasn't a really good investment from our part. And what we were coming out with wasn't exactly what the community wanted. And so... Um, we were overtaxed sort of as a staff. We didn't really have capacity to plan two huge conferences with the resources that we had. Um, and no matter how much we tried, we just couldn't come up with enough savings opportunity to make it better than break even. So, um, so half of our staff was essentially, well, sorry, half of our DrupalCon staff was spending half of a year on a conference that we didn't get any return for. So um, as we're becoming a more mature organization as a nonprofit, that's not a smart way to be spending your resources, be the money or staff. And so um, we looked at different options and ways that are more sustainable to still serve the European community, but doing it in a smart way. So, So we announced that we would not be doing DrupalCon Europe in 2018 and the community banded together and definitely produced an incredible conference. Sadly, I wasn't there, but it looks amazing on Twitter and I've heard great things. Um, and even though they did an incredible job, they've also said they had a hard time doing it. It's it's not an easy feat to put on a DrupalCon. Um, and so they were able to, I believe, break even or just do a little better than break even and this is an organ, like a group that organized it without having to pay for staff. So it's just very clear that the way that the event is set up, it, it's not the best for the DA to manage as we've been managing it. Nor should it fall on the community's back to plan such a huge 
uh, event and mm-hmm. burn out every year. So, so Megan Sanicky, um, it's her last day here at the DA, um, but she did a lot uh-huh. of research into how to kind of solve for these challenges and, and spoke with other nonprofit organization leaders and tech conference leaders and checked out different conference models. And so this event is sort of like now this is a example. It's not exactly the same, but sort of how Ted talks TEDx has conferences all over the world, but they're not all managed by one group. They're licensed out. So that gives the Drupal Association the ability to now license out DrupalCon, and you have to meet parameter X, Y, and Z so it feels like a DrupalCon, but it takes the resource-heavy part of planning it off of the Drupal Association so we can invest our time in other things that the community needs or is asked for. So my under, so my understanding is that this this organization is a for-profit organization mm-hmm. and is taking over the organization of DrupalCon Europe. How do you how is the community going to kind of keep the spirit and the feel of DrupalCon Europe alive over there? Yeah, definitely. So um, if you really think about it, the Drupal Association is also kind of an event company. Um, that is a lot of what we do. Um, so it's not so, so different having an event company in Europe host it. Um, and Quoni has done the best that they can to communicate to the community that they definitely get that this is a community event. They want that feel. They want to make sure there's trivia night, that there are contribution spaces. And so um, the group that organized Drupal Europe um, Batty and Leon will be heading a committee that will help advise on the programming. So the thing that makes DrupalCon Europe so Drupal is what happens. And so it's not the logistics. It's not the AV. It's not the financing. Like Those are more of the behind the scenes things that volunteers maybe don't really want to be doing. Volunteers want to be engaging with other volunteers. They want to be setting up sessions, they want to be leading contribution sprints, they want to be engaging in buffs. And so the community will really have full um, authority over that. They'll be planning the programming. They'll be the ones managing the summits. They'll be the ones setting up buffs. They'll be the ones leading the sprints. So that's what I mean when I say I don't think it's going to be too noticeable from an attendee standpoint that it's not organized by either the Drupal Association or just community volunteers that it's managed by this private event company because what they'll be doing is supporting so that the community can actually have the conference that they want and that they essentially just had in Drupal Europe, but they'll have the logistical support behind them so it doesn't make it such a burnout. So this licensing of DrupalCon Europe to this private company then makes DrupalCon Europe better than break even from the beginning. Yes, that is the intent. And in a sense, it is that, but there's also this additional benefit that is not, I mean, it could be quantifiable if we plugged in some numbers, but the main benefit for the DA to do this is that it frees up our DrupalCon staff and everyone who touches DrupalCon at the DA. It frees up a lot of our capacities so we can serve the community in other ways. Um, we, we hear a lot about people want events for to bring their customers to. They want support different ways of the community. And so this frees our team up to do things like that, as opposed to just being stuck in this two conference week, that's all the capacity we have to do. So so yes, it is going to be beneficial for the organization planning it, but so beneficial for us at the DA to be able to have resources back again. 
So here's a question, Mike. When uh, we, when we knew we were going to be talking to you, Amanda, Mike reached out on Twitter and said, "Hey, uh, do you have any questions for Amanda?" And on Twitter, um, something uh, Mateo Mateo Aguilabosh, uh, who works at Lullabot, um, mentioned was, "Hey." Will a DrupalCon that's organized by a private company aim to maximize the organization's financial benefits or the community needs? He said, we already have amazing camps like Drupal Austria. Do we mm-hmm. need to introduce that private factor into our community? He says he's conflicted. Yeah, I think that's a valid question. I followed that tweet and I think Gabor kind of jumped in and kind of already said what I'll try and echo is that Essentially, the DA, you could consider us an event company, and we have been running DrupalCon Europe, and that's what the Drupal Europe folks did when they organized. And so putting this private event company into it is not going to change it. Yes, they're going to be looking to for sure break even, but the the intent is not to raise prices, to change anything financially. They want to have this model and provide this conference and the program will be provided by volunteers from the European community. So so I, I definitely don't want people to be conflicted. I want people to be excited that we found a way to sustainably continue to offer this conference for the community and the things that the community likes to do, they get to do. And the things that the DA doesn't have capacity or resources for are still being done. And so in the end, kind of everybody wins in this scenario. Now, is the DA going to make money off of this, or, or, or is the DA getting like a flat fee uh, from this company, or is it like a percentage, or how? Do you know the breakdown of that? Yeah. So, um, if you look back when we announced that we were going um, accepting proposals for this license, um, mm-hmm. there is written into the language that once it were to reach a certain level of profit, the DA could get money back. We don't anticipate that being a, a money maker. That's definitely not um, something that we're counting on or expecting, um, nor really the reason behind it. Not to be wildly successful in the future, um, that could be a way um, that, that the DA could get a small percentage of, of the profits. So is so we talked about how DrupalCon was happening in 2019 in Seattle, and then Amsterdam follows that. Did yes. I did I hear did I hear Minnesota because I hadn't heard that yet. Minneapolis, don't you know? No, because I haven't been paying attention. So Minneapolis will be t- uh, the 2019, 2020? 2020. Geez, we're getting really far into the future now. No, that's 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 great that we know that now, so we can yeah. plan for it. So uh, what's up after Minneapolis? So after Minneapolis will be some more DrupalCons, and those cities have not been selected yet. We currently have an RFP out for 2021, 22, 23, and 24. So um, a lot of conferences plan their their cities years in advance because it takes a lot to, to get a conference into a city because the hotels have to be on board, the convention center has to um, have the space available at the price that you need. And so planning as far ahead as is good for your organization is ideal so you can get the best city for your community at the best rates with the best hotel prices. Um, it's just kind of like we're trying to get a bit ahead of the the curve on that. So who fills out those RFPs? Uh, like which cities? Yeah, like you, you said there was an RFP out for future DrupalCons. Like who, who's actually filling those out? Um, you're more than welcome to look at the RFP. It's pretty detailed. But in it, um, we 
explain the space that we need. DrupalCon is a really big program with a lot of concurrent sessions and buffs and exhibits and a lot's going on at the same time. So we don't fit in a lot of cities, convention centers. Um, and then we have an ask on the hotels and, and we ask for certain price ranges. Um, and so the cities that respond are cities that have availability when we're asking for it. We, for DrupalCon North America in this specific RFP, we're asking sort of like in the springtime and then we list out specific um, religious holidays or national holidays that we'd like to not have the conference over. Um, and then we ask them a lot of other questions and if they meet the requirements, then they submit a, a proposal to us. And it would be like a con the Convention and Visitors Bureau or something like that. Yeah, and each city is very different in how they do that. Some of them play together. Sometimes the convention center submits a proposal and then the hotels submit separate proposals. And um, in my dream world, when, you know, I dream about RFPs, um, it is one beautiful proposal that includes the convention center and the city and the hotels in one nice proposal. Amanda, what does DrupalCon mean to you? Gosh, DrupalCon to me... One, it's my job, but it's so much more than my job. I came here not knowing what a Drupal was, um, and I it took me a while to pick up on it. <laughs> you had to learn how to pronounce the Drupal? I did, and I also, my first week, I got a video called Learning How to Do Drupal Hugs. <laughs> like, the side hug, and it was this, a very interesting video. Was that Joe Schindler's video? Yeah. 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 <laughs> From team. Um, and it was my first week and I was like, what is this? I had no idea. <laughs> and now I totally get it because it's so much more than a job. It's, I mean, I work in a community. The fact that I get to work so closely with so many different volunteers from different parts of the community, from different parts of the world, um, on different conferences. Like it's, it's really just an amazing place to be. And I'm so happy to serve the people that I work with and the people that work with me. Mike, what does DrupalCon mean to you? It's a place, it's, it's like a kind of a high school reunion of people that you actually want to see. Yeah. You know, like, like for me, it's about like connecting with old friends and kind of learning new things. You know, I, I, I like to say that conferences are good for number one, like meeting people, hanging out with people, but also like learning what's new, what its use cases are and maybe how to pronounce it. <laughs> I agree. I, I mean, I like the, uh, the, you know, the getting together and being with people. I think it's yeah. also, you know, feeling the pulse of the community. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I got to the point where I was going to a DrupalCon and I know who's going to be talking and I know what they're going to say and it was boring to me. But then I've had a couple off and I, I'm really kind of looking forward to Seattle. Yeah, you're, you're coming to Seattle? I, I need to get back into it, yeah. Yeah, I'm going. I'll see you there. It's going to be Medical great. Profession. Apply for a grant or a scholarship. I want to see you there too. So, and hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll have my session accepted. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. I, <laughs> sessions, no matter how many hint, hints people give me. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> Do you have anything else you need to add, Amanda? No, I think that that's good. Do you think that that'll satisfy the people's questions? I hope so. If they have any further questions, what should they do? Um, they can email me. They can leave a comment on, I don't know how you post this. If you post it with comments, they can tweet at me. Yeah, um, there'll, there'll be comments on the podcast's node okay. on our website. Yeah. Yep. You just when you publish it, if you just send it to me, so I kind of we'll keep do. my eye on it. But yeah, I mean, I would I would love for people to tweet me, send me an email, just Amanda at association .org. It's also on the website. Um, they could contact us on the website. There's lots of ways that people can get in touch, but um, 
I really hope that people recognize that the changes that we made are to try and better serve the community and communities that aren't being served. And, and I welcome feedback uh, and definitely want to incorporate it into future conferences. And what this conference is, is a couple years worth of feedback that we've tried to reimagine the conference to include. Right on. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, thanks, Minda. Have a nice day, guys. Thank you.